0: Money FM 89.3, best of Workday Afternoon.
1: The Soul of Business with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. You're on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero of The Workday Afternoon. Welcome to The Soul of Business. In this studio with us this afternoon, Miss Grace Fu. Minister for Culture, Community and Youth. Last week, we heard the Ministry lay out its plans for 2020 in Parliament for the Committee of Supply. Today, we have the opportunity to speak with Minister Fu to learn more about some of those programmes. A special post-budget interview with Minister Grace Fu, Minister for Culture, Community and Youth, on Money FM 89.3. Minister, good afternoon and welcome. Thank you for joining us. Now, the focus of Budget 2020 was originally expected to be on future planning before COVID-19 became the concern that it now is. Let's first talk about some of the programs that are focused on our children, which are geared towards that future planning. As part of Sport SG's Vision 2030 Sports Master Plan, your ministry aims to provide opportunities for all children and youth of Singapore to play And pursue sport in and out of school, enabling those with talent and passion for sports to excel. Tell us more, please, about the Children and Youth Framework. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You know, in this budget, uh, a
0: big part of our attention is really on creating Singapore as a place full of opportunities for all segments of society. Uh, we are very mindful that with globalization, with this Industry 4.0, and with Internet of Things, we are creating a lot of opportunities for some, mm-hmm. but maybe some will not have the opportunities. They have different skills. They have different skill sets, and you know they may not uh, really be able to jump on the bandwagon and and you know ride along as the rest. So how do we create? a dynamic economy, at the same time, a really cohesive society is when everybody has inclusive growth mm-hmm. that we bring along every segment of the society, regardless of your age and regardless of your socioeconomic background. So that's really a big part of the focus of the government. And from MCCY's perspective, we looked at our young children and youth. Whether you're from family of good background or not, what kind of you know environment do we want our children to grow up in? And when we attend some of these mass events, we look at the kids, very young age, mm-hmm. actually we were quite surprised that some of them, they would dash off like a road runner, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but some would not be able to navigate, even a simple hop over a line. So that developmental stage is actually very varied. So we felt that we need to do a lot more to create the kind of framework that allows a a more comprehensive development of young children, particularly those in the preschool age, good development for you know, motor skills, hand-eye coordination, balancing, throwing, jumping, hopping, and really make it more systematically available to all segments. So we've partnered 125 preschools, uh, benefiting about 5,000 uh, children in the last two years, and we're going to double that. We're going to double that so that more children can benefit. And we're going to do that systematically with the teachers as well. Right. Teachers who are trained from the National Institute of Early Childhood, they'll be trained to you know deal with physical development um, and not just have play in the playground um, uh, equipment, but a lot more systematically. Getting our children to jump, to run, to hop, and developing their whole motor skills in a more holistic way—that's for really young children. Right. And then we look at our school-going children. Again, many of them would prefer to pursue certain sports, but that, thats not offered in their schools. Sure. Or they are really not that good enough for the school team, but they just want to participate in a school in the sports that they like. So, how do we make available opportunities? In different schools, in different contexts, in different neighbourhoods, whether it is in a recess time or whether we hold it in a nearby sports stadium, it's really about making opportunities as widely available to all segments as possible. So we're partnering the schools to offer the sports that maybe the schools do not have resources to Mm -hmm. offer. Uh, we are also partnering them to perhaps offer some non-CCA sports for their students. They get to train somewhere else, but it will count towards their CCA records. Um, and also to help more to figure out their interests and have a have a way to learn how to play without this worry about being in the you know sports team, within the school team. It's just a very non-competitive play environment how we used to play during recess time we would just go in take a bet to play tennis or the boys will go for the football really just have a lot of play opportunities and so that they inculcate an
1: active lifestyle from young and hopefully this will carry them through to their adulthood Alright now complementing some of these initiatives and I really like this one Sport SG will look to additional avenues to guide and empower parents speaking as a parent I love this to play an active role in our children's sporting journey. How important do you think this parent-child involvement will be to the success of these programmes and the success of Singapore? Oh, absolutely important. <laughs>
0: Don't we know how how much influence parents have on their children, right? right? Not just in sports, but in many other ways, you know, in what we eat, in the diet that we have, the lifestyle that we live. So to have that lifestyle inculcated from young we know that parents would be a very important stakeholder and we like to work with them we'll give them resources we give them a website to go to so that they can get information about sports and young children how do i have safe sports for children of that's appropriate for their ages Uh, and also where can i get that kind of um, sports being offered so these are all resources that we think are very useful and we're going to organise workshops and events that will hopefully have parents bring their children along and we can have the whole family going through these activities together. It's really about creating a very strongly bonded family through sports. We believe that sports is this wonderful avenue that really can bring people together, lots of wonderful memories. Plus, it's a great way to develop confidence in a child and also a... Physically fit body, that's great for Singapore's future.
1: Okay, we're speaking to Ms Grace Fu, Minister for Culture and Community and Youth. Now, this is on the other end of the spectrum. We've talked about our youth, we've Mm. talked about our children. Mm. One of the concerns that I think all of us have is by 2030, one in four Singaporeans will be at or above the age of 65 We will have 900,000 seniors. I I might even be one of that number. (laughs) I I am going to be one
0: of them. 2030, we're going to be that one in four. Uh, And indeed, I think we have to prepare ourselves for that. That society. Yes. And that can be a society when um, the aged or the seniors can live actively, physically. They can be socially engaged. And we like them to also to be mentally positive Mm -hmm. about aging. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what we like to do, it's really for them to be actively involved again through sports. And how do we do that? We would like to see our our seniors having little groups of exercises, um, you know, groups for exercises near them so they don't have to travel far away for that. And to, in order to have the capacity to offer various sports or exercises, whether it's in Zumba, whether it's in yoga, we need lots of volunteers mm. in order mm. to sustain this on a long-term basis. And we hope that we are able to attract the younger seniors, those that are in their 60s perhaps, to perhaps train to be an instructor, train to be a leader, equipped with certain fundamental skills in leading a group in exercises and to organise them wherever they are so that we can spread the opportunities all over Singapore in many, many dots around the country. The idea is really when we work, we exercise together, we are socially engaged with one another, we have friends, then we emotionally also will be happy. That's very important in ageing. It's not just about exercising in solitude, is about getting into a group so that we are also socially connected. Right. And that's important for our mental well-being.
1: Is this where the Team NILA Silver Champion Scheme comes Absolutely. into play? Absolutely. Okay. So You're for the Team NILA
0: Silver uh, Champions, what it means is that for those that are 60 and above, we like to give them special training, perhaps even through our WSQ, or Skills Future Framework, mm-hmm. sufficient skills for them to know basic you know, uh, life savings, basic... Um, um, emergency preparedness skills, basic uh, exercise and sports science uh, to equip them to be leaders and facilitate such exercise groups around. Right. Uh, we also like them, if, if they're not interested in the sports science part of it, mm-hmm. they can also help us to do outreach, to reach out to more seniors, to encourage them to come forward, to participate. They can also be teaming up with our Team NILA Youth and and you know, organize large scale events where we can, you know, hold it for the families and we can have children to come in and play. So actually sports is a wonderful platform for really all ages and all family background to be involved in a meaningful way. A sporting nation is important for a resilient nation, for a confident nation. So we think that sports is can play an important role in preparing ourselves for an aging. Uh,
1: society, So I shouldn't be worried about being this one in four?
0: <laughs> you should be rejoicing, you should be celebrating, and you should be really enjoying your life, active in sports, active in social life. And that's really what we'd like to see all of our seniors doing.
1: All right, now let's turn our attention to something that I think is going to be a little challenged this year in 2020, volunteerism and giving. Now, your ministry initiated... Uh, the SG cares volunteer centres in 2018. Um, there's been some positive outcomes that the VCs have achieved. There were six in at the end of 2019. There are plans now to appoint eight more. Tell us, what do you want to achieve yeah. with with this expanded so actually number? actually,
0: it started off with quite an ambitious goal of having you know two in three Singaporeans volunteering, mm-hmm. because we think that for a population to be involved. In the society in the country it's a way of creating strong identity sure yeah and volunteering is a it's a great way to start being involved right mm, mm. and i think it's it's also f- it's a great way for us to start establishing relationship between people because when you start caring for people around you and the empathy i think it's it's a beautiful relationship that's being formed on sure. in a very local basis so we want singaporeans to volunteer but we ask ourselves where do they go If I want to volunteer, where do I go? Mm -hmm. And we have also heard stories about how, you know, some rental blocks, families, families in rental blocks will get several groups visiting them over Christmas. And some (laughs) have none. Why? Because they are not organised well enough. Right. In uh, in a local level. Right. So the volunteer centres is really to try to, first of all, encourage more to volunteers, establish a network, between all the social service agencies and voluntary welfare organisations on the ground, get a network going so that they know each other and know how to leverage on each other's strengths and resources and not duplicate. Mm -hmm. And also to try to build up some capacity to manage volunteers because it's one thing about asking people to come, come, come volunteer. But if they're not giving, given very vo- meaningful voluntary work, it's not going to be very sustained. If you sure. come in, if I'm you know a, a very well-trained, uh, well-experienced uh, person, but you ask me to carry chairs perhaps I won't be interested too much, mm-hmm. right? So how do you match the skill sets, expectations of the volunteers? I think it's an important part. So what we have done really is with the two uh, VCs and then the four altogether, it was six now in last year, it's really to get that network going. They understand the local needs better and they're able to match the volunteers better and organise the volunteers better. So in, in these pilot centres, we have seen the number of volunteers increasing the programs for the needy in, in the surrounding areas increasing. They are able to serve them much better. And we hope that with these good results, we're able to propagate to other parts of Singapore because every town has its unique requirements mm-hmm. because the demographic, the profile of residents are different. Right. So we need to customize, we need to tailor the program for the local um, communities. So we like to expand that. Uh, as I said, our ultimate goal is to see a lot more Singaporeans coming forward and find meaning in involuntary.
1: Okay, so it sounds like you actually want to go back to an earlier time when there was a lot more gotong royong happening absolutely, in Singapore. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Yeah, so from very simple acts like, you know, I know that my neighbour two doors away is is uh, staying alone, mm-hmm. she's frail. And do I just keep watch to make sure that she's, you know, going about her daily lives? Do I see her coming out to water her plants or do I see that the plants are wiltering and what's happening to her? It's really just to keep an eye from a simple act like that to one that, you know, befriend regularly to one that takes her for medical right. checkup regularly. Sure. There's a whole uh, slew of opportunities and different skill sets requirement. The VCs will be there to customise it. Okay. Can I call you
1: Grace? Yes, please. Okay, Grace, talk to us about the efforts which the Commissioner of Charities is adopting to help donors better understand what the charity they want to support, which is meant to help donors make so they can make better choices when giving to charities. I'm, I, I'm actually wondering, is there a concern that donors might not have the right information are they being misled even though they come from a place of good intention, is that the concern?
0: That's exactly the concern that we're trying to address. right. We want to encourage more in Singapore in um, more Singaporeans to um, donate to support philanthropy. Mm-hmm. but at the same time, uh, we understand we truly appreciate that for more giving to take place, we need to increase the public confidence in the system that we know that if this is a registered red, uh, charities, right. it will have met a certain benchmark in terms of governance. And, you know, the the purpose of my funds is indeed going to the state intention and not somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be accountability yep. and also transparency to the, the public about how the funds are being managed and applied. So that's what charities commissioner is trying to do, is to bring to the fore, to the foreground, certain important information about charities. We're starting with the IPCs first, because these are the ones that tend to be the larger ones. They take more donations from the public. And we would like to show that whether they have met some of the basic, important, pertinent regulatory requirements like in terms of governance or in terms of whether they have met the requirements of the auditors, for example. Mm-hmm. So important information, we hope to bring it to the fore so that for someone who's just checking the website or checking um, some of these um, uh, online uh, information sure. that they are being alerted straight away if so something because is there amiss. is
1: there is a bit of a concern about fake news and and a potential donor being led astray by something they see on the net. Yes, and there are people who are all of good intention would mm. say that oh I'm going to help this so and so and so
0: please donate to me mm-hmm. and then we we want to encourage that good intention but it has to. Uh, have the accountability as sure. well.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. FM 893 we are speaking today with Ms. Grace Fu, Minister for Culture, Community and Youth. We come to a subject I know very little about, and I think most Singaporeans know very little about, legacy giving. Hmm. Now, it, it might be a bigger thing elsewhere, but here in Singapore, I think it's quite new. So uh, perhaps you can give us an overview of why legacy giving is important Mm. for Singapore in the future.
0: Yes. So I think very conventionally, we think about legacy, leaving behind a legacy in, you know, leaving something for the children Mm. and the family. Mm. But increasingly, I think more and more Singaporeans are also thinking about what would my legacy be? And because they have started uh, involving themselves in certain social causes, they want to see those social causes continue beyond their lifetime. So if I've been supporting, say, the Children's Society all my life, right? And, and, and when I pass away, I would like to see that some parts of my assets are left behind for them.
1: Sure,
0: And that's really very um, meaningful, we think. Uh, and it requires certain forward planning. And uh, it's, it's also something that we can help to structure. So Community Foundation for Singapore um, has, has, is partnering with us. And they're going to raise awareness on legacy giving. And they're able to help uh, certain people set up trust, mini trust for the cause that they have identified. So if I want to be in education, if I want to help sort of low income families, I can set up a trust, a mini trust for them. And CFS will then help them apply and manage the trust. So it's a very um, low cost way to have a trust name under yourself after yourself mm-hmm. and also have your legacy continuing beyond your lifetime doing meaningful work in for good purpose for a long long time.
1: okay this was a new announcement uh, in a COS 2020 you talked about this and and setting these trusts up. Do you have expectations of it over the next few years? What do you think the take-up is going to be? Well, CFS has been working in this sphere for
0: some time. I think they have some target. But I think we are at the early stage. We are, at, As you, said, you mm-hmm. know, it's the awareness is not there. So I think our main focus is to create awareness and start people thinking about it. Right. And I think we are seeing a generation of, of Singaporeans who have done well in their lives. I think the generation, for example, is mm-hmm. quite different from the Pioneer generation. And they will have some time and they have the skills and expertise that they've accumulated in their lifetime. And I'm sure they will like to see how they can continue their legacy beyond their lifetime.
1: Okay. Now, clearly, I can't let you go without addressing this. COVID-19 has impacted everyone. And certainly, we believe it is going to impact giving and volunteerism in 2020. What adjustments are you expecting to make in these areas this year?
0: Yeah, do you know, uh, DPM Heng has uh, come up with a COVID-19 package very quickly. And we've seen that being announced in the February budget sitting. Um, But for us in MCCY, we are also very concerned uh, about the employees and the sector in the art Culture and mm-hmm. sports mm-hmm. industries—they mm-hmm. uh, are affected as you know. Large-scale events get cancelled, concerts get cancelled in Singapore. Uh, some of our people that has been working in the lighting, in music production—they are affected. Very so we like so, to see yeah. how we can support them. Uh, through this difficult period. So we have two parts um, in the package. First is to have some business continuity plan. So for example, some of our arts groups and cultural groups, they would like to continue, maybe not quite a a performance, Mm -hmm. but a workshop, exhibitions, and they can come in and upgrade themselves, rehearsals, for example, and we want to help them by giving them some rebates in the rental. 30% of the rental, just to keep them going. Second, we'd like to see them thinking about upgrading themselves. How do I revamp the theatre? How do I upgrade my, um, you know, expertise in IT or even in the use of digital media? Mm -hmm. That is a good time. This is a very good time when things are a bit slower. It's a loud period. It's a great time to think about increasing capacity for the future when things recovers. and we're going to help them with a special grant, a okay. grant to upgrade their capacity, helping the groups to perhaps structure and send their employees or their you know their the, their technicians for that upgrading course. Right. A third part is really for the artists. Um, some of the freelancers, particularly, they see their income uh, dramatically diminished during sure. this period of time. Um, so we are going to be part of the. Um, a package that MOM has announced that we will come in and help with uh, what we call absenteeism uh, payroll. So if you are attending a course, of course we will try to defray the course fees through the capacity building grant that we spoke about. There's also Skills Future credit that you know the freelancers mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. use, but more importantly, they will be paid an allowance when they attend uh, such training courses. This is part of the announcement that uh, MOM has announced for Self-Employed Persons Package Training Support Scheme. So NAC and SSG Sports Singapore will be part of this scheme so that our sports coaches, freelancer, artists, technicians, lighting, sound technicians will be able to benefit from this Self-Employed Persons Training
1: Scheme. Well, I hope that certainly helps them. I come from the arts industry, so it's a a soft spot for me. We have been speaking with Ms. Grace Fu, Minister of Culture, Community and Youth, in a special post-budget conversation. Minister, again, thank you for giving us the time today. You are on MoneyFM 89.3, Singapore's most influential radio station.
0: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg